0: Okay, so this is very exciting. Um, we're sitting down to record. What is the first episode of this uh, F1 podcast?
1: Episode number one. man Episode
0: number Here one. Um, so I think like getting into it, it would be good to to just give a little bit of background, some context as to like where we got into Formula One and what pulled us towards the sport. Um, for me, I watched. Or hey, at hey, least... hey, hey, let us know your name first, bro. Before. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know who you are. Okay, (laughs) okay, okay. It's it's Grant, um, Grant James. You have to say the name and the surname. Um, (laughs) But um, my earliest memories of F1, um, and at least like the race that stands out to me as a kid, was when I was six years old. I was watching Suzuka 1996, last race on the calendar then. And uh, Damon Hill uh, won his first and only world championship. Um, And... He was in a title fight against Michael Schumacher, who I default supported because my dad supported him. And Schumacher lost it. it was heated. It actually went down to the last race. Um, and Damon Hill took it. And when doing his parade, they played a Mike and Mechanic song. Um, and it's, it goes like, wherever you go, always take the weather with you. And I just found like that moment synonymous. So every time I hear that, I, um, I think back to him winning this championship. Uh, but also like was drawn to the sports uh, like that. My dad was very passionate about it, but also like just watching the speeds these guys were doing. Yeah. I was fascinated at that age. Right. Yeah. Um, it, that, this was when like Marlboro was the main sponsor. All, it was like all that, the yeah. cigarettes yeah, 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 sponsors. Um, and, um, all the tobacco and, and cigarette sponsors. Um, but uh, the next year, it was Schumacher in the title fight again, this time against Jacques Villeneuve. He lost. Um, Villeneuve won the title. And then the next two years, Mika Hakkinen won. So it was the first time I'd also supported this figure, uh, who was essentially the underdog, even, even though he was a double world champion. Yeah. Um, he was still an underdog uh, fighting for a title every single year. Um, loved the sport then. Um, I actually grew away from formula one. So dad and I don't have the best relationship started to like move away from the things we enjoyed together and refound it through everyone, the way everyone else did through drive to survive. Yeah. Um, so I do have some historical context on, on how it operated, but the sports has also changed like yeah. a hell of a lot. Um, obviously move like, from uh, from being very analog, almost to more software based. So a lot of the technologies that are used now um, like weren't used back then or weren't as frequently used back then. Um, and I think like the way that um, Drives to Survive actually humanized like the driver stories was yeah. something that was super, super compelling right. um, and uh, something I just wanted to to get in and understand. I mean, the amount of races that they're doing now, like these athlete schedules, um, it's uh, I, I found myself just holding lots of opinions and thoughts on it and wanting to share this with like, a little bit more of an African twist and favor because you don't see too many representational voices um, either racing in the sport um, or actually um, around the world of formula 1. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, excited to to share thoughts, opinions. Um, yeah, man, it's uh
1: I think for me the same. I don't have like the most extensive history like you know, you said you were 6 years old watching Suzuka, whatever it is. Like I don't remember what I did in 1996 when I started watching F1. It was I think the year after Hamilton won his first. And um Two thousand and eight. That was two thousand and eight. Yeah. So he won two thousand he won two thousand and eight, right? Because Rackman won yeah. 107 So he yeah. won oh eight. Just
0: missed out in two thousand seven right. and then he won two thousand right. and eight. Right. I remember my
1: dad making a big deal about it. You know, like the first black guy to win championship. And even the way he did it, you know, it was pretty intense. You know, last race, Brazil, which I still think should be the last race of the season, by the way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then like next season, I was like, Okay, cool, let me pick a guy. My guy was Sebastian Vettel. I saw this young kid following these Braun GP cars, you know, yeah, Ross yeah, Braun's team, yeah. Jensen Button. Yeah. I forget who his teammate was at the time. Um, was it Barrichello?
0: Was it Barrichello? I think it was. I, think, I think it was. Barrichello. I think it was.
1: And, then, yeah. and then you have like um, Sebastian Vettel, this kid coming in and splitting the two cars. I mean, the Braun was super dominant that year. And I think what captivated me about F1 was the, the technicality behind it. You know, you're hearing all these concepts you're learning in physics class you know, like aerodynamics and drag. And then I, I think that year they're talking about like the diffuser and I want to know how diffusers work. So I was so keen in understanding how these cars work and how tiny changes make, you know, millisecond differences in lap times.
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah, that's how I got hooked. And I think I've been watching it since, ever since 09, yeah. 2010, 2011, Sebastian's, the Sebastian Vessel era. Yeah, Yeah.
0: You know, no, then, back to
1: back. Right, then Hamilton yeah, yeah. makes an appearance again, then Rosberg's a bit of back and forth. And then Hamilton said, like, this is mine for the next, I don't know how many years, you know? And uh, here we are. And so I know a lot of people have joined because of Drive to Survive. I appreciate what it's done for the sport. Um, I don't watch it that much anymore because I feel like I'm not getting that much from it. But it is what it is to each his own, you know?
0: I found the last season was, like, challenging to watch just because of how dramatized everything was. But, like, the first few seasons... Um like Liberty Media really played. Dude, they came I mean to play. we yeah. can we'll
1: spend I think a lot of time talking about pre, you know, the Bernie Eccleston era. Yeah. And then post Bernie, you know, the Liberty Media era. Shout out to Chase Carey, the guy with the mustache, the guy who changed everything. <laughs> yeah. um, I was reading today how like F1 drivers couldn't post at all yeah. uh, prior to twenty seventeen. I was wondering why was it so quiet? Like no one knew about F one. You had to like illegally stream it if you want to watch. Unless yeah. you had like a Sky Sports subscription. You had no clue what these people were doing, and then you only see them on during the race weekend and then they disappear for another like, two weeks. So it's kind of crazy that's, that's what happened like four years ago, four or five years ago. So.
0: Yeah. I, think, I think a lot of that was actually attributed to Bernie Eccleston's attitude. Yeah, 100%. Um, I heard him saying once that modern-day drivers, um, they didn't have as much personality as they did um, oh, in, in, the in previous yeah. years. Um, so if you think about, like I don't know if you've seen the movie Rush. Yeah, I watched like, it. James, yeah. Hunt, James Hunt, Ricky Lauda. Yeah. Um, and you just see, like, the personality that James Hunt had. Um, I think, like, uh, Nick or Bernie wasn't actually attuned to what was happening in society and how people have these uh, attitudes, but it doesn't necessarily mean, like, getting drunk and then jumping right. in, to a racing car. Yeah. Um, it's just being, like, wild um, or, or at least banterful on, um, on social media, uh, but never really giving the drivers an opportunity to share that.
1: And, and I remember watching F1 and, like, nobody – you know, even when I was here in Cape Town, like nobody wanted to watch it. People in my church and stuff like that. Cause yeah. like this is boring. They always had that mattress, like are people going around in cars, blah blah, blah blah blah. Until like you know, Liberty Media comes through and says, "Hey, there's." Like you said I think the other day, it's like it's this gold mine. Yeah. We're sitting on this gold yeah. mine of so much raw content. Everyone has a personality. It's not that many people. It's not like you're following a thousand people. It's like twenty people. Very easy to remember their names. Get into their lifestyle and stuff like that. And so. Yeah, DTS has has been great in that regard. And, uh, I mean, controversy is always there, right? But um, shout out to them. Bernie held F1 for a little bit, you know. I know that sport was tanking for quite a bit. But yeah. he did what he could to kind of keep the sport going. But it was a bit more time to add a bit more of that entertainment flair. So
0: I think I think so as well. Um, and just an FYI, so Ruben Barrichello was Jensen. Uh, yeah, Patton's, I remember him being there, uh, yeah. Teammates, Teammate uh, at Braun back in the day, so so correct there. And um, I think Liberty Media looked at it and they were just like, wow, yeah. there's these guys that drive... Three hundred and thirty kilometers an hour, plus yeah, yeah. Um, and they corner at two hundred k's. <laughs> yet, no one in the world knows about Nobody
1: them. Knows. Yeah, exactly.
0: Like, let's take a playbook from any sport in the US that's out I mean, yeah, here.
1: The NFL was doing the exact same thing. They were uploading the same way we see F1 upload like highlights and uh, for qualifying. Whereas yeah. they were doing the exact same thing. Um, I think. Probably the year prior, and they just saw the, uh, the engagement rise like crazy. And I think for them being a media company, they know about these kind of things. Yeah, they're like let's do the same thing. And we're seeing other sports do the same thing as well, right? Champions League slowly posting more, Premier League slowly posting more. I yeah. see a lot more, a bit more in the NBA saying, "Okay, we can post on YouTube." And I mean, that's the moment there is that accessibility that people will watch.
0: Hundred percent, always. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, I, I think we we we'll definitely spend more time speaking around like where if one was uh, to to where it is now. Yeah. Um, but like, let's get into it. Yeah, that's good. I, let's I was like get a into, precursor. Let's get into yeah. this, uh, let's get into this week's, um, uh, review. So, so give us some, yeah,
1: give us some context. Where are we, I mean, when are we recording this podcast? What's just happened?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's just been race weekend in Azerbaijan. Yep. Um, I did not know that Azerbaijan was, Baku was one of the most like beautiful cities. It's beautiful, right? Yeah. Uh, it's unreal. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Like That is one race that I would like to go to. Um, It it, it looks awesome. Uh, Challenging track, very long track, high-speed track, the the longest straight um, on the current F1 circuit. Uh, So some of the speeds that you see drivers going through because of the the 1DRS zone um, are some of the top speeds that you'll see um, across the season. Um, But uh, we've just had the the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. It was another Red Bull victory, um, a 1-2. Um, and what we'll look to do through this podcast is run a review of races that have happened, uh, speak through a few key themes, uh, from the race, which, which we've pulled out um, and then we'll have a look to the future. So we're in a, a lucky period at the moment where we're going back to back, um, like straight after this, we'll have the Canadian Grand Prix. Yes, sir. Um, and, uh, that's always been a happy hunting ground. For the um for the boys um, at Mercedes.
1: I saw that uh, uh I mean for guys like Ricardo Hamilton won their first races there. Yeah, I mean like yeah. I remember Button's race, I think I forget what year it was just crazy. It rains there quite a bit too. Yeah. So I think,
0: yeah. So so what was it? This past weekend in Azerbaijan, uh that was the anniversary of Lewis Hamilton's first yes, race yes,
1: victory. That's
0: right. So it was his sixth Grand Prix ever in Formula One, 2007. Um I think he had like, podiumed his first four races, yeah, like um, or his first five races, and then he won his sixth. Um, I, I, I don't think that that's ever been matched, uh, like, that sort of start. Um, but but le- le- let's get into it, right? Um, and let's get into to some of the themes from the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. I think it's an interesting one, because, like, what we saw again was, like, a really, really dominant, uh, we must say, Red Bull performance. Yeah. Um, But this was helped right. This was like helped by like a very sloppy um, Ferrari (laughs) performance. They sold man. They sold as the as doctor friend of mine is like
1: we could have had a better more entertaining race And Ferrari just said we're not competing today, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, we're not we're not pulling through
0: it was so disappointing Like I personally I was looking at Baku as a race weekend. Yeah, and I thought okay This is one where it's all happening. right. We've got this long straight we know that Red Bull's got the straight line speed. We know Ferrari's quicker um in the low speed corners. Um and what we were seeing was signs through like practice, through qualifying, where um Red Bull were incredibly quick yep. on the straight, right? But as soon as that lap started, uh Shaw was always like a couple and Carlos, <laughs> a couple tenths ahead Dude. in the first sector. Uh, but um but but what happened uh, in the race was just like Shocking! Yeah. Um, it's yeah.
1: It, you know it robs fans of the ability to actually see. I mean, you build up so much during the weekend. Like, okay, Ferraris are up there; they're going to show us what they're actually made of. Yeah, we want to see this play out in the race because now you can actually fight each other. And then, I mean, Carlos signs goes off. I think early on, I would lap it was like f- like five or something. Hydraulic or issues. Hydraulic issue. I mean, initially we all thought it was the Carlos issue. <laughs> I was so scared. Hey, we were, we but,
0: were thinking <laughs> Australia. Yeah, I was like, we oh, Carlos, thinking, Carlos uh, We were thinking Imola. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but I think, I think noticing that he was not even trying to reverse him over the car, I did think it was a reliability issue, and that was confirmed shortly after. And usually, I mean, the commentators always say this. When one car goes down for reliability, We're always our eyes always focus on the next car. And I think it was a, maybe a dozen laps later, Leclerc, you know. <laughs> Drove that slow Ferrari back to the pit lane. I'm so surprised he actually made it back to the pits, but that must have been just frustrating for the guy. I mean, three races in a row. His team has let him down. We saw the same thing in Catalonia. Um, Monaco, strategy, Ferrari, oh, big Ferrari. Oh. And then, here in Baku. I, it's, it's shocking how bad it was, man.
0: It's My like, heart breaks for this guy. Like, <laughs> it breaks for this guy. Just because I think, like, on the balance of things, this guy is, like, he's a world championship He's a world champion. He has that DNA. Yeah. yeah, like 100%. And the way that he shows up every time he's asked to. Yep. Uh, and seeing his car let him down, like when you heard him in uh, Barcelona. Right. No, no, no. Yep. Uh, when you heard him in Monaco, we cannot do this. <laughs> um, and he then like rocks up in Baku and he performs. Um, I actually thought he was... I, I thought he was brilliant. Dude, seeing that, whole weekend. seeing
1: that Q3 laugh, I was like, okay, maybe, I don't know who was going <laughs> to, I thought Paris was going to get pulled. Yeah. And then just sing purple and like, not just like purple by a few hundreds. It was like a couple tens. Yeah, Q1, yeah. Uh, sector one, sector two going purple again and just like destroying what Red Bull had to offer. Like this guy's showing, like you said, he's got that DNA. He's yeah, ready. Yeah, yeah. He's a team ready. And that's the yeah. question for, we need to be asking about Ferrari. I think Mattia Bernardo is in a lot of trouble. He has a calm demeanor. I love the dude. He speaks Italian when everyone else speaks English. I love that <laughs> about him. But, you know, I think he was been interviewed by Karun uh, Chandok at the, end of the, at the end of the race. And he was trying to keep his composure. But I'm like, if it's a recurring problem, that's a bad thing. Because it shows you guys do not have the capacity to solve an existing issue. Not only that, other teams are suffering because of that. We saw Magnussen retire. Yeah, the you know. Hass
0: with the Ferrari engine.
1: Exactly. I forget who else uh, retired. Was it was it uh, Alpha or something
0: like that? Um, was it, it was... Was it Bautas? I think yeah, we, we can check that one up, but yeah. we know that it was definitely the house, um, Kevin Magnuson's house. Yes, that, yeah, uh, said, that retired,
1: and I think it might have been Bottas.
0: Let's see, uh,
1: Jean, um, so, yeah, he's had Joux. a lot of bad luck, man, this, this coming season. So,
0: but if we look at it, uh, there were five DNFS. Four of the five were Ferrari engines. Um, Oh, week, Magnussen, uh, Jou, um, Leclerc, and Sainz.
1: Right, and it's so funny how at the start of the season we're talking about the Mercedes engine and it, it not being able. I'm like, dude, like whatever issue they had, I don't really think it was too too big of an issue. Um, it's not there anymore. Nobody's talking about Mercedes engines not doing well, whatever it is. And so, yeah, yeah this is this is really bad for Ferrari, dude. And. But- uh,
0: I mean for for everything that we, we give Mercedes, like reliability is actually not an issue of theirs, right? They every car they're is finished. finished every, race. every race Even that right? race
1: Hamilton did not finish in the points, the Imalo one. Yeah. He still finished the race. Yeah. Right. And so the only issues they're having is the aerodynamic stuff with the floor and um, trying to get you know get rid of porpoising all of those oscillations.
0: Yeah. But I mean, yeah. Th- this is the problem that they've listed like highest on on their their radar. But I think i bringing it back to Ferrari. Right. Um, I think Leclerc was absolutely right. brilliant uh, on Saturday, like the BMT that he showed to pull that, um, that qualifying lap out, What's a BMT? Uh, <laughs> big match temperament, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <laughs> The big match temperament that he showed uh, to pull that lap out. Um, it was, um, it, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, but I think that they were a shit house on Sunday. Yeah, it was, um, it, it's painful, man. It was, it was really painful. Um, I think it would have been interesting, though, because although he had a 12-second lead, and I think it was the funniest thing watching the race when he came in and retired, I think he was out of the car, um, and he was still ahead of Latifi. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Was to... Dude had slowly brought the car back to the fifth lane. <laughs> <laughs> he was yeah. everyone on the grid. He just kind yeah. <laughs> of slot down
1: the, the, the order and he gets out the car, he's walking around, he's still Latifi. Yeah. <laughs> he was still ahead of Latifi.
0: Yeah, that's kind of wild, um, man. Yeah, but, but, yeah. But, uh, but I think, like, there were a shed house on, um, on, on Saturday, uh, or think,
1: Sunday. Um, do you think, and we're only in race eight, we just finished race eight, I think there are 21, 22 races this season. We're still far from half, well, we're not too far away from halfway in the season. I still think if Ferrari get the reliability issues out the way, we could be talking about them again, maybe two, three races, like, hey, it's neck and neck.
0: I think I think so, but I, I think the interesting thing about Ferrari at the moment is they've been like a one cot show, right? Um, it's been yeah. Charles Leclerc the whole season. Uh, Carlos Sainz like popping in to say hello, but like Carlos hasn't been um, to Charles what Checo has yeah. been to Max, I, I, right? Agreed. Agree, agree. Um, so it's Leclerc Leclerc versus Red Bull as opposed to like Ferrari versus Red Bull. Um, which is something I think like Carlos will need to to yeah. tap into. Um, like yeah, every big race he hasn't uh, he hasn't delivered. Do you think um, his last
1: number any chance of being number one in on that team
0: this season, this season for
1: sure? Think so. Yeah, yeah I mean I, I think his, is he ahead of Hamilton? Is let me just check the standings, man. Because
0: yeah, so driver standings he is. Uh, Russell's ahead yeah, of him. he's ahead. So Russell's ahead of Carlos. Yeah. Um, Russell's on ninety nine points, about to break the three digits. Carlos is on eighty three, and then Lewis is on sixty two. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> I think Lewis is definitely out of the championship. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, <laughs> unless they would go on like a like an eight race winning streak. Possible, um, but, but unlikely. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, un- unlikely at um, at this point, um, but. I think that Ferrari, like, again, it's Formula One. Things swing, um, and it could be two races and, like, Ferrari are back in it. Red Bull have two bad races, and, um, like, they're not on the headlines anymore.
1: I mean, things can swing so wildly. And even with the prospect of um, these sprint races and how many points you can accumulate, I think That's Max insane. Max accumulated like 34 in uh, in, in Imola? Imola, which is crazy. I've never eight, seen someone 34 points. points. For, <laughs> yeah, for
0: for, for winning, a, yeah, the sprint right. race. And I, did he get fastest lap too? Um, I think he did Some get player, fastest yeah. lap.
1: Yeah, they were very dominant that race. I mean, Max Hugely went. We dominant. didn't see him again. He overtook Lewis, which was like, man, uh,
0: <laughs> last uh, he season. That's right. you he
1: lapped Lewis. Oh, that was painful. And like, man, last season was a very different story. But I mean, since we're talking about Max, let's talk about Red Bull dominance. Yeah, yeah. ever since Australia, they've never looked back. Right? They haven't. They've not looked back. And um, always the interesting thing about Red Bull and historically has been their issues managing two successful drivers.
0: It, it has, right? It it, it it has. So I think it's interesting because also the attitude of the drivers, yeah. and maybe like this is what everyone's speaking about when they say we've seen a new match for Stappen, um, because like the first race of the season, Bahrain, uh, both cars out, yeah. uh, second to last lap and last lap. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Then uh, again, so they had a good race in Saudi Arabia and then again in Australia But they found something they put it together And as Christian Horner said you'd rather make a fast car reliable right. than a reliable car yeah. fast and, Or a reliable slow car fast And I remember right. everyone
1: had after Australia said okay, yeah Ferrari running away with this one. This is Leclerc's year We're Yeah, I see them boy had the tables turned I think it just took like a race or two and like, <laughs> yeah. Max already ahead of Leclerc and everything
0: Emila was big there, Uh, like to to claw back. That's like a lot of points to. to, There was a mistake by Leclerc
1: in that race. Remember,
0: there there was, but I think like where we saw um, a lot of racing finesse from Max was actually in the sprint race in Emila because uh, Charles took him off the line. Um, He had like all things considered a pretty good race, Um, but Max was conserving the tires, and then in the final, what was it, three or four laps? Uh, he sized him up, uh, DRS down the straight. Yeah. Uh, took him before the bend. That yeah. was that was
1: yeah, Max being Max. I mean. It's shocking. I mean, just in looking at the stats, uh, he's passed Sebastian Vettel for. Okay, he's already passed Sebastian Vettel for the youngest driver to win a race. I think this... he just beats one this of past his, weekend. Yeah, Sebastian yeah. Vettel's records for I think,
0: 66 podiums. Something uh, crazy Sebastian thing. was 65. Right. 66 now. Yeah. And this dude is just 24. For Red Bull.
1: He's just 24 years old. He's getting ready. I mean, he's just starting. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And so there's so much more to expect from Max Verstappen. To me, if I were to pick a guy to win the season, I'm going with Max despite me wanting Hamilton to win last season, just because I see this, there's a dog in it. Like, there's, there's something about Max. Right? Yeah. He's like, I'm going to win this no matter what. I see a bit of that in Charles. But Max, he's I think he's buying his time. He knows this is a race. This is the maturity we've seen over Max over the, over the last couple of years, right? The Kind of the growth we've seen in Max Verstappen. Yeah. And um, it's, it'll be interesting to see how the dynamic with him and Perez work
0: out. I think the, this is something that's going to define like this this Red Bull season, right? right? Um, because Checo is playing out of his boots and at the moment. And that's what I want to see, man. Yeah, that's Checo what I is see. wilding. Yeah. Uh, he's doing what he's not supposed to right, do. Right. He's driving the wheels off this yeah. car. Um, and I think his performances to date have been incredibly impressive. Yeah. I mean, he got um, pulled
1: in, um, in Saudi, yeah. which I didn't expect it from Checo. But he's like, listen, guys, I'm here too, by the way. I'm, I'm, uh, I can sit on this, conversa- on this table and have this conversation too. Yeah. And my heart was broken seeing the fact that Red Bull did not want them to fight.
0: Ah, uh, th- this weekend, it was broken, but we first saw that in Barcelona, yeah, right? Yes, yeah, right. That's right. Um, where they were stuck behind George Russell. Yes. Sergio had just got the new pair of tires on. Uh, he had good pace. Max was in front of him. And they said, no, you cannot pass Max. You're on different. How- what was the euphemism? Yeah, it's like different, different strategies. You're on <laughs> different tire strategies. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, like, they couldn't look him in the face and tell him that, um, that they-, they wouldn't allow it. Um, which which I thought was disappointing but then coming to monaco right mm-hmm. and like the strategy in monaco um i think like sergio again had like really really good pace yeah. um uh, was a deserved winner of that race and like strategically red bull were just far superior yeah. uh, to ferrari um so like good better pace victory there now he's 16 points behind max in the championship which is much- they're going to yeah. they're going to baku and he's a contender yeah. right um he out qualifies max yep. in baku yes. Um, off the start, <laughs> takes Charles, he qualifies second, off the start, takes Charles and the race is on. Chekhov pulls, uh, pulls ahead, he stretches like a three, four second gap, right? Yep. And then I thought what came next was like a little bit shady, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, we did not expect that. We thought Checo had the term. He brought himself to the the table in which he could have that argument. I deserve to also be number one too. Yeah, yeah. And would seen that you know Red Bull allow them to kind of well past, um obviously Barcelona allow them to have. Obviously, Mon- Monaco is not much fighting you can do. It's I don't like the track. I there don't like the track. But um, as a fan, it's not the best. But I guess the drivers they they probably like it because you know the history, the culture, and the glitz and, and, and glam. Brand, a lot of them the live yachts, there. You know, yeah. they just run down and they're the track. But to see the fact that they did not. Allow them to fight. I think if you're a team principal, they're probably trying to set the tone early. Yeah. And maybe deal with that infighting as quick as possible and not have it have huge ramifications later on when perhaps Ferrari come back. And now it's and Verstappen neck and neck. And I don't know what conversations are happening. Obviously, thank goodness we have Canada right now. And it's, we'll see the, the body language of Red Bull. How do they allow their drivers to go forth and compete do they continue to, you know, allow Max to just use euphemisms like, hey, you're on a different strategy, oh, blah, 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 uh, to keep Max ahead? Or will they allow them to fight and Baku was an uh, anomaly? I don't think so. And if I'm checking, I'm fighting, bro. I'm fighting this I'm, thing. I'm fighting. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so if you're a driver, remember, everything you do, your resume is based off of the results. They don't really give a damn about, like, oh, but this happened and, you know, this, this reliability. No, no, no. Where did you finish? We want to see that. And so Checo knows this very well. I, think it's still, I mean, it's good he got his contract extended. That was always a good sign. But he can't. for him, it's going to be tough you know to to him to keep playing number two. Concern. If you set yeah. the tone now, <laughs> you next year, bro, you're number up. two. Yeah. The year after, you're going to be number two. And we saw what happened to Valtteri Bottas in Mercedes, right? <laughs> it just diminished and become bitter. And next thing we know, you're saying to whom you may concern after, yeah. you win, after you win a race, you know, after a long yeah. time. So
0: Yeah, so I think the interesting thing about Checo is also where he is in his career, right? Uh, he's 31, yeah. 32 years old now. He's been Um, in for a while, though. He's he's been doing this thing, right? Um, He's, like, a passionate Mexican guy and and obviously, like, a great car racer, a motor racer, right? But he's now subjected or confined to number two, and um, it must be frustrating for the guy. Like, um, I I think, like, Max's dad's comments were... Incredibly interesting. So yeah. Jos Verstappen's comments post the Monaco Grand Prix yeah, where those. he said um he thinks that Red Bull's strategy sided with Checo and yeah. not his son. Yeah. And it's like where's he supposed to overtake? This is Monaco. It's all about like uh, qualifying and pit stops. Um
1: yeah. I, I don't mind Yoss coming in and chirping. Like, listen, if my son was an F1, I'd be like, all the <laughs> strategies you guys are putting together is not helping my boy yeah. succeed. And so I don't mind whatever it is. I know it's kind of getting to the head of the guys like Christian Horner. It's, a, it's not always the best PR situation, seeing that internal conflict. But um, it'll be cool to see what Red Bull do with this. Do they set the tone? How does Perez respond to that? Yeah. You know? He, yeah. was, he was instrumental in helping Verstappen win last year. You saw what he did to Hamilton in the last race. in Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Brilliant. I mean, brilliant. Brilliant. Defender. In the couple races before, you know, he was just showing that, hey, fine, I'm not doing too well this season, but I'm a team player. I'm your guy. Max, I got you. But uh, you can't always play this. Like, this is the thing about F1 is so interesting. Like, two drivers, fairly machi- uh, similar machinery. Well, same machinery same at the end machi- of the day. I, and It's interesting. And I'll get to my point. Continue. But the beauty about it is whenever you're comparing how well a particular guy is doing, your teammate is the first person. The first person. The first person. The and fir- so,
0: and, and like, everyone looks at it that yeah. way as well. But I don't think, um, or at least like, what we saw on the weekend, um, if... Like the machinery or the team cohesion is the same in supporting Checker. Um yeah, controversial. I would, quality, but I right? think that I mean, Quali, his car was great. He um he outqualified uh Max, but he did not get the toe. Yep. They kept him in the garage for a little bit longer. Fuel issue. Um, or something he was, like that. Uh, there was a fueling issue. Yeah. Uh, he still got out there, performed, did the lap, qualified it. second, killed right, it. Man. Without a tow. Right, without the toe. He didn't need the toe. Then he gets into the race, and um, as soon as the VSC comes on, uh, there was some sort of issue yeah. with the communication. So Red Bull stayed out as opposed to him going in and getting a fresh set of tyres at that point. And he remarked Just about like that the rest at the of end. The field, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, there was the no fighting call um, yeah. straight off the VSC came off, um, and they were going for position, yeah. right? They basically said, stay there, let Max take right. this. Right. Um, and then the pit stop. I thought the pit stop. Both, they had
1: two pit stops that were like five seconds each, right? It was. Yeah. It was strange. for Red Bull, a team that's always winning the, tips, the fastest pit stop award.
0: Max's dude. pit stop was a second and a half quicker than than Sergio's and or than Checo's. and it was it was just interesting to see because yeah. this is unlike Red Bull right. and. Um, it, it seems like the team is really, really clear. It felt like they sabotaged his race. Um, it, and it second was the best he could
1: do. It did. And this is why, even though I don't, I'm not the biggest DTS fan, I want them to do an episode. Yeah. I want to see behind the scenes if there was some malevolence. I don't think so, but we'll see what, what it is. You know, these guys can hide things like that. But, um, yeah. So, dude, a lot of stuff happened obviously this past race. Um, there's some, a lot
0: of things. There's
1: some drivers who did a lot better than we thought they'd do, right? Yeah. One, Pierre Gasly. I mean, last season we we're so used to finding Pierre, finishing fourth and fifth. Just quietly parking his cars, Alpha Tauri in fourth and fifth, you know, getting those points for his team and almost demanding, like, hey guys, look at me. I still I'm still available and worthy for that second Red Bull seat. You know, and Alpha Tower would not been that great this season, actually been underperforming. That's yeah. some issues earlier on with engine. I'd see Pierre Gasly do what he did. He went for one stop, at least one I know, and kept those hard tires going for almost 40 laps, dude. It was like a 50-lap race, right?
0: He was, um, he was great this weekend. I think Pierre Gasly an is interesting, an interesting case. He's actually a driver I really like yeah. because he's also got that, um, that energy and like, that dog in him. Um, yeah. And I think that he drove the wheels off that after last year. Um, and he was, I mean, he's been driving the wheels off it of ever since he got back into it. Yeah. I, mean, um, I remember prior to it, he was
1: really good too, right? He was That's really how he got good. the Red Bull seat. That's how
0: he got the yeah. seat. But uh, for six months, he just could not keep that Red Bull on the road. Um, lots of accidents, underperforming. Um, and uh, couldn't get his head in the game. I think he was under-supported though, by Christian Horner, or at least, like, the side of it that they show on DTS. And,
1: and, you know, man, I mean, we'll get into a lot of this Red Bull stuff. I mean, historically, they've been pathetic when it comes to just being able to manage two drivers. We saw, you know, Mark Webber, Sebastian Vettel. We saw those issues. We saw. Man. That- Vettel and Ricardo, when Ricardo joined. We've seen it now. Um, who's there? Well, Ricardo and Verstappen. Ricardo
0: also left yeah, because of
1: left, uh,
0: the treatment of Max Verstappen. Worst right?
1: mistake of his career, by the way. Um, <laughs> and then here we are again in the same situation and where like we keep talking about Red Bull's the worst team to have two drivers who are both willing to go at it. Yeah. But they've seen number. I'm telling, I've always told, said this, and I'll continue to say this if Christian Horner could adopt Max as his son, he would he do it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> he is so biased yeah. for Max, dude. Uh, he loves him. I'm the sure I could one
0: of his sons name Max. Nah, but, he'll probably name yeah, some, like, yeah. Max
1: and stuff like that. But, yeah, let's go to talk about Pierre because he, he outdid himself. I'm sure he's going to like this podcast, you know, as as, as, he, as he usually <laughs> yeah. does. And, um, yeah, I'm— are we starting to see Alphatari make a, make a comeback? Tsunoda raced really well. It wasn't for that DRS issue, you know, I think towards the end of the race when it kind of broke in two and looked really weird and they had to put, like, the duct tape around it yeah. to try and seal it up. But Alphatari, I don't know if it's just this track, but I'd like to see them in the mix. I'd like yeah. to see them fighting Mercedes or fighting the you know, Alpines and the, the teams that are uh, McLarens. When we, slightly ahead of them.
0: when we speak about those midfield battles, there were two teams that, like, really stood out for me with, like, good results this weekend. So Pierre had, a, like, a great drive. Yeah. Uh, but then also Sebastian Vettel, Dude, right? Like, uh, great, great drive in the Aston Martin. And you really see three teams that are like taking this midfield. Um, cause how I see it is Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, uh, somewhere I, after. I Red think, Bull and I Ferrari. think Mercedes. And then, then you get like, uh, Alpine's, yeah. uh, Aston Martin, um, as well as the, um, Alpha Tauri. I'd actually say Alpha Tauri. Ahead y- of Aston yeah, Martin. for sure. For sure. Um, but uh, i think super super impressive drive uh, from from uh, from pierre um, hopefully he's got some confidence back yeah. and it'll be challenging i think i'm excited to see um some uh, pierre and alonso battles uh, it was heartbreaking in imola um, as, a, as a Hamilton fan, <laughs> <laughs> seeing the back of Pierre Gasly's car <laughs> for close on uh, 40 laps. Yeah, um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I think, like, really, really strong race uh, fr- yeah. from the Alfa Could this be, like, a, um, a resurgence in the right. season for them? Um, right now, Pierre is sitting uh, 10th in the championship. Okay. Um, there's uh, Esteban Ocon, Valtteri Bottas ahead of him. But it would be good to see him uh, challenging, like, Lando Norris. Right. right? I want to see more ghastly podiums this
1: year. Right. And, and this is what I'm, I'm very curious to see, especially in a year where the technical regulations have been so, they've changed so drastically. Yeah. You really start to see the engineering prowess of teams, you know, and I'm not surprised to see Red Bull doing really well. Um, Ferrari had like two years to build a car. So I'm not surprised that they're, I mean, they're struggling now, yeah, which is yeah, so weird yeah, by the way, you know, yeah. but they're up there as well. Mercedes, I'm a bit disappointed in, but I want to see the, what are the sm- the, the smaller teams, you know, like the, 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 like the Alpha Tauris, the Alpha Romeos, the, uh, Alpines. I want to see what these teams Can do over the season Can they catch up to This is a running joke that, You know First two teams have Formula 1 Then you have Formula 1.5 with Mercedes Then Formula <laughs> 2 In the back quarter, Honestly Can they catch those guys Up there Do they have what it takes Because yeah. I think Baku And usually the strategy For these midfield teams Is like they tended To tune their cars To have higher top speed To enable that overtaking Right? So Baku's a brilliant yeah. track for that. Canada is also pretty good. It's got those straights as well. But can this last in those, like, the Euro- once we really get into Europeans, you know, things like Silverstone, Austria, Zandvoort, where there's a lot of corners, high speed, um, where arrow really matters too. So, I'm interested to see if they can do that.
0: It's a long season, long man. Season. It's a long season. Shout out to Sebastian.
1: Dude. You know, two, two races, COVID, two come in. Australia wasn't his best. And he's just, the guy has not looked away from them. Obviously, we know in Miami he got hit by the asses. who were, I think, on a Uh, Hitman mission. (laughs) They were just out here (laughs) hitting every car if they could, man. And
0: uh, yeah. I think, I think like phenomenal race from both of them and good to see Vettel up there again. I think he's such a good good ambassador for the sport. 100%. Someone that stands for causes um, um, as well. Uh, But like we're speaking about good, like like, a a bit of bad. You spoke about Mercedes Benz being disappointing. I mean, they're still off the pace. Dude, still off. Every single like, message you hear is, "We're coming back. We'll come back stronger." I'm tired of We're hearing. We're working
1: on it. I don't. Wanna, I'm tired of hearing Toto apologize to Lewis. It's it's getting a bit frustrating. Just do better, fam. Yeah, like, this guy has put you guys in a position where you are probably one of the best constructors ever, and this is how you're playing this guy with a bad back, poor, you know. Res- I mean, they didn't do too badly this race, but it's not been looking good for them. A world championship team, man.
0: These these are the reigning constructors champions, yeah, right? Yeah, that's actually um, true. We keep forgetting. Eight, that. eight time eight time constructors champions, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're coming off like a championship winning season. Um, from a constructors perspective, we won't get into the heartbreak of. of we'll we'll have time to to talk about <laughs> but, that. But not today, but um, but it's 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 difficult to to hear this, right? Obviously, the porpoising has been a huge issue. Um, it affects driver confidence. You've heard about George and Liz speak about the car not doing like what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Um you'll see it through some of the high speed corners how it steps out there's a lot of fidgeting mm-hmm. uh from uh from a steering wheel perspective and the the drivers don't actually have the trust in the car that like Leclerc does when he goes into to a corner I agree. with uh, with Ferrari. I agree. So it's holding them back. Um the popassing like we saw again on the weekend was was very very intense but the one thing that I will say um is I think like Lewis being a seven time world champion. Um, I've heard reports that they've actually taken different, um, different stances on how, uh, or him and George have taken, uh, comparative stances on how they actually set the car up yeah, yeah. And, and what they do. Um, Lewis has gone a lot more experimental where, where George has gone a lot more conservative to get the result, yeah. uh, which may speak to, to why George has been outperforming him. But I think like, Massive respect for Mercedes and still just like pushing and trying. Um, uh, I'll get back to George, but I think he's been like quite phenomenal uh, this, uh, this year. But like, what, what is your opinion? Like, do you think that Merck will sort this stuff out? Yeah, um, listen. What are some of the frustrations you feel today? date? What are the frustrations you felt in Azerbaijan?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, regarding whether they can sort this issue out. Yes, I, eventually they will. Right? They showed, showed some glimmer of hope in Catalonia where they had um, at least shown a car that is not porpoising as much, and they're able to kind of lower the ride height to, 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 a, to a height where they felt like they could hit that track, one of the most characteristic circuits on the F1 calendar. And get good lap times. And we were having projections where Lewis Hamilton could have potentially won that race, you know, if it wasn't for some of the issues earlier on in the race. We saw how well George Russell drove, how he defended against Verstappen. Probably the best driving was seen this season.
0: That was Al-Tina. the best fight we've yeah, seen this sure, season. Yeah, for sure. Maybe outside of that like, Bahrain. Yeah,
1: the, every the, season. The, the, the DRS dancing yeah. and all yeah. that kind of yeah. stuff they do. Um, but to me, a world championship team like Mercedes, I feel no remorse for them at all. Reason being, I expected them to be better. Why would Red Bull better? You can argue, oh, yeah, they didn't have enough wind tunnel time and some of the issues they're facing. uh, You can't test in a wind tunnel, all right? But, ah, like, I'm not an engineer. You know, here we are. I'm
0: tearing it right now. Let's explain this, though, because as a concept, I thought it was quite interesting, right? So if you are the winning constructor, you get less wind tunnel time than any other other of the constructors. So you actually have less time to test and prepare your car than the rest of the field.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true.
0: And I have no problems with that. Yeah, I have no
1: problems with that. I felt that what we were seeing with Formula One for the longest time was this runaway um, ability for the rich teams to just put pump as much money into development throughout the year. It was unsustainable. That's why I started bringing all these like cost cutting measures, trying to make F one as sustainable as possible. Because they get to see, hey, just get your sponsors in. They'll put in the money. We'll test this car. And Sebastian Vettel this, you know, the way Red Bull did in the early 2010s. Yeah, I like the fact that they're bringing in these measures to kind of say, okay, hey, we're not going to dramatically decrease. Your advantage, but I don't think you should punish people for for doing really well. But fine, find a way to just like reduce their 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 maybe time to develop, maybe because they're already such a good engineering house, you know. A little bit less wind tunnel time is not going to hurt them. And the delta of wind tunnel time between number one and number two is not that much. Yeah. Right? But what we're seeing is that their performance is not even near that, what that delta was, was supposed to bring out. Red Bull have brought a solid car. And aerodynamically, historically, with guys like Adrian Newey, really intelligent people. He's, he's a master. And man. I heard this reports. A genius. I heard reports. They poached some of the Merck, Merck engineers. Like, they put oh. together such a good aerodynamic package. They don't, I think that the car that has the least purposing issues. And they're able to drive. It's so hard seeing Lewis Hamilton start porpoising at the start of that long straight, yeah. and you just see that guy bouncing yeah. <laughs> like he's riding a horse, man, just like galloping down you that him straight
0: say during the race. Yeah, uh, you my back is that, killing me,
1: and um, you can even see what it's doing with the rev limiter. Like right? it's it's like almost struggling to hit you know extra speed because you, you know the the porpoising issues, those oscillations, and so. I don't feel bad for Mercedes in the sense of like, oh my goodness, they're a good team. They should have found this. I'm surprised and actually dismayed. George Russell is only light in that team that I'm looking at. Man, you're doing a really good job. You've got some podiums. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that was first or second podium. Was this, uh,
0: third podium this year.
1: Was it this year? Was yeah, th-
0: third podium. this okay. year for George Russell. Shout out
1: to George. Um, but yeah, this experimental thing what Hamilton's doing, I don't know how many experiments they want to run this season. Yeah. Um, but I'm not, I'm not digging it, man. Like Merck, we expect you to be there. It'll be this is for the fans. This would be such a much better season if we had three teams fighting for number one.
0: Way better. Yeah. Way better. Um a hell of a lot more entertaining. I think that uh they're letting us down a little bit, yeah. uh, Mercedes. Um but uh yeah, George Russell, this was his third podium. He had a podium in Australia. Australia. Yeah. Um the Spanish GP. I remember the and then, really. uh this past weekend as well. That's so right. so three podiums now uh, for George. Um Two of them behind the Red Bulls, one behind the Ferrari. Shout out to George, um, man. Shout out. To, I think that, that George has been like the shining light. Um, even when you hear his interviews, yeah. he's very clear. Um, he's always like, he's always working on something, right? <laughs> 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 I think it's like the same thing. Right. But uh, he, he gives confidence. Right. And um, you feel like something's going to change with him. Um, I think Lewis has had a bit of a defeatist attitude uh, this year. Yeah, you, but, I mean, like, it must be tough for the incredibly guy, Incredibly tough, man. Like, coming off last season and, and then having to, to pick yourself up in, like, what is, like, a really, really uh, difficult um, difficult car at the moment. Um, but if you are, um, like, sizing it up, right, um, and, and thinking on, on performance, like, George versus, uh, versus Lewis this year, like, uh, what, what's your thoughts?
1: I think it's hard to compare the two. Um, even though they're teammates and you should be able to make that comparison. I think George has, you know, by not going the experimental route, he's gotten a car that he can probably understand a bit more than Lewis Hamilton. I was just reading on the SPN um before actually recording this. That, yeah, Lewis Hamilton has taken that experimental route. And I think they did some changes with some of the the rear di- aerodynamics in the car and just to try things out, but that did not work out. It went, I mean, just negative direction. Even though they're able to finish really well, and don't, let's not forget two Ferraris fell out the order. Yeah. Um I think it's hard to kind of pin them together because of at least how openly they've been with the different strategies. I don't like it when people give us excuses, but George has been that guy, and he's outdone Lewis. Um, he, Lewis, remember, he's been stuck behind a lot of DRS trains this season, man. Like, like you said, Pierre Gasly's thing, it was really tough for him to overtake. Um, but they had
0: nothing. Yeah, that, me, right? that, that was that so was, sad, bro. That was, that was difficult. Um, and it was actually good to see the turnaround in Barcelona because yeah. when Lewis was coming down the straight yeah. behind signs, yeah. uh, DRS... He pulled out to the left, was able to take him around right. the outside. Right. Um, and you're like, okay, have they turned a corner? Yeah.
1: And I've not seen a lot of that this season. Yeah. I wish I did. Yeah. Um, but ha- I, also, Hamilton does not benefit from a safety car. Yeah. And so if you just look at a purely points perspective, we saw this in Saudi. We've seen this in other races where George has chosen to stay out, and it's helped him tremendously. Right, And uh, I don't think I can fault Lewis for following a strategy the team has already pre-planned. Um, and so... It's hard for me to tell. I'll need more races to so size it up. Yeah. But I'm, I also don't like these excuses. Like, oh, Lewis is going experimental. Test during practice, fam. Like, yeah, I'm tired of yeah. this testing during the race. Like, we want to see you go out there. But shout out to Lewis. I still think he's the GOAT, but uh, it's annoying, man.
0: It's, um, it's definitely been tough. I think, like, another person that's been tough on uh, this season is Daniel Ricciardo, right? <sighs> um, and, like, a lot of talk uh, from the, the Ricciardo McLaren camp. Like will he keep his seat next year? Uh, Zach Brown's coming out with uh, some comments. Yeah. Team team boss, team principal at um, or oh, is he the, the yeah, CEO? Yeah, CEO of, and, like, of team McLaren Racing? yeah. team principal. Yeah, um, has come out with some comments. Um, and then you've got like the young superstar Lando Norris, Dude. right? Um, and I think like this weekend was was interesting because McLaren as a, as a constructor have been underperforming this year too, yeah, right? Hundred um, percent. I think the best result was a, a podium. Um, uh, yeah. was it a uh, put him in Imola, uh, yes. with, uh from, from Blando where, where he took it. Um, but, um, but, but essentially looking at it, uh, yeah, yeah, it was in Imola. Imola right. Um, uh, but I think this weekend was, was interesting because, um, we saw, we, we spoke about how Lewis has been unlucky with safety cars. Like Daniel Ricciardo really benefited from a safety car, right? Uh, staying out longer on the softs, yeah. um, waiting for that. Uh, VSC gap. If if it uh, came, it did come. He was able to get in there, and we actually saw him hauling it down the pit lane. He did um, breaking before he got to the, the, the line, and then um, and then getting the new set of tires on and coming out ahead of Lando. Heard a little bit of annoyance from Lando on yeah. the radio, uh, yeah. saying um, like because they were both following Alonso at that point, yeah. right? Um, saying, "Hey, um, was it Alonso or me, a- or Arcon? Let me let me team. get a chance. I'm sure it was Alonso." Alonso yeah. um, uh, let, let me let me get a chance at him and the team had said yes Lando you can get a chance at him so we we can also to an extent see the way that the McLaren team is leaning yeah
1: I, um, I even hearing the the way the McLaren team were talking to Daniel it feels like we want Lando in front you know they didn't explicitly say it and they gave him a chance to kind of fight at the end um, but Daniel Ricardo's results this season have been I mean to call them bad is is really an understatement yes Emila. You know, he hit signs, signs was out of the, basically out of the race, and he was basically at the back. We are even joking that Ricardo's so far back, he might as well have slapped some arrow paint in his car and done some <laughs> tests for the team because, like, <laughs> at that point he's not really doing much for the team. But he, Daniel Ricardo, to me, and, it's, and we can talk a lot, a lot about maybe even this, the, the g- general picture of his career after Red Bull. Um, we can talk about this in depth. This season, to me, Daniel Ricardo has been outperformed by his teammate I watched this, I think, Driver 61 video. He was trying to talk about Dan Ricardo's driving style. But to me, if you're a Formula 1 driver being paid millions of dollars, your job is to adapt. The team will always can always give you, will always give you some type of car, and it's you to use your skill to adapt, right? I don't care if your if your driving technique involves you, oh, I break a little later, or I enter the corner a little bit later, and the car's not letting me do that. No, I adapt, and that's what the GOATs have done, Yeah, right? And so... I don't, that, I mean, we still have a long season left and he might be able to salvage it. But right now, he's not looking, to, he's not in a good place. And so, is his contract up at the end of this year? It
0: is, right? I or think is it, it is up at the end of this year. Yeah. Um, we should have a, a look at that. But it, I know that Lando signed a longer term agreement. Um, Do they, they with, um, love Lando, bro. With McCarran. Um But the guy's great. Uh, I think, like, 23 years old, he's, he's got a future in F1. Um, if not at McLaren, at one of the, the other top performing teams. Uh, I think he was super unlucky in Sochi last year yeah. uh, with the rain. Um, but uh, it, it, it's a very, very interesting dynamic that's, um, that's bringing at, right. um, at McLaren as well. And as you say, like uh, Monza uh, 2021 was like a, a blip on like, Daniel Ricciardo's yeah, I mean, uh, career at McLaren. I'll give him that.
1: You know, he was put his car in the right place at the right time. Yes, we know Verstappen and Hamilton got into it. And, you know, Verstappen left some tire, tire, tire marks on Hamilton's head. Yeah. You know, the helmet. But, yeah, Ricardo put his car in a position to win, and maximize. I think Lando finished second that race. And I think they went on to Sochi right after that. And Lando was able to almost win the race if it wasn't for the rain and the bad strategy. McLaren had fallen. They were fighting with Ferrari for that third, coveted third place. And, really, they're nowhere to be found. So, I've just seen that. Yeah, Ricardo signed a three-year contract
0: um, when he joined. So, he's got contract. till
1: 2023. But... As you said earlier, Zach Brown was talking about, hey, we have provisions in our contract in case performance is not where we expect it to be yeah. to, you know, terminate that relationship. And if your CEO, if, you're, if your boss is saying that stuff to the press, it's not a good sign. It's it's not a good it's look. Not a good look. And so, it's
0: not a good look. It's not a good look. I think it's, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how he comes back yeah. um, in Canada as well. Yep. This was like he won his, his first, first race, race yeah. victory, right? right? Shout out to him. Um, and see if he, he can find some pace uh, right. in the McLaren. Um, but let's just give some like quick overviews of the week, right? Yeah. So we've done, uh, like a lot of analysis. Um, what's your, who's your donkey of the week?
1: Oh my goodness. Uh, donkey of the week. Does it have to be a driver? Can it be a team? Uh,
0: can be driver or team or like whatever you think the dog just justifies. Oh my goodness. I got a lot of donkeys
1: this week, man. Like I, I got st- I'm going to open up like a little, you know, like a petting zoo, like full of the, the don- <laughs> yeah.
0: cause I got a lot of them, man.
1: I mean, first and foremost, uh, Ferrari. Uh, they not only did they ruin the race for themselves; they ruined it for the fans. We Red Bulls just sailed into the distance. We never heard about them. I mean, Verstappen was like twenty seconds ahead of Perez. Yeah, like twenty five seconds ahead of. Like it was a boring race. Um, Benato's in a lot of tr- trouble, and I think he's the leader of the donkeys right now. Um, for you to manage a team that has these reliability issues, you have like two years to work in an engine, and you're hurting other teams too. Big donkey. Lance Stroll, one of the biggest donkeys I've seen. <laughs> he hasn't had a lot of luck. Uh, he hasn't had a lot of luck in this track in Baku, but I mean, Venzel has just come back in form and he, he, he's nowhere close. Absolutely nowhere close. So, I mean, I can give a lot of donkeys to most people, but yeah. Lance Stroll is one big one. Ferrari is another one.
0: Oh, um, man. I um, and took you? the word straight out of my mouth. Um, I think, like, it's a tie for, for the donkey <laughs> of the week. Um, uh, Ferrari, um, I, like, I, I Couldn't have said it better. Yeah, Um, they denied themselves the fans, uh, but I also think like their driver, right? Oh yeah. Um, it's like it's like it's really really painful. Right. right. Uh, When you hear Schal put that first no (laughs) out, you can feel that, (laughs) right? You feel it. Um, and um, he's yeah. I mean, they're jeopardizing his opportunity to to win a championship. Yeah. Um, just with the car that they're giving him. Um, and then Lance Stroll, uh, I read a comment. Um. His dad has also warned him. You know, oh. His billionaire father, <laughs> who owns oh, the Aston Martin dude. team, has said if his performance does not improve, yeah. uh, he will be sacked from the team. Oh, my goodness. Um, which is insane. <laughs> uh, but But uh, this guy, yeah, maybe it's the Canadian flavor, but uh, him and Latifi have been going back-to-back. Oh, my goodness. This, um, <sighs> yeah, this year. Uh, what do they call him? Goat Tifi. Uh, oh, yeah. King Latifi, okay. man. That's okay. So so, so we, we've spoken about the bad, right? Yeah. Let's get into the good. Um, you go. Like, you go first. With what that, what, what is good. Your, your goat? Okay. If I'm thinking of, like, my goat for the week, yeah. so, so who performed, like, the best? If there's, like, a moment, like, a single moment I can distill it down to, it had to be Charlotte Close qualifying lap.
1: Dude. It
0: <laughs> had to be that lap. Um, the pressure that was building, because um, quality really intense, yeah, right? Yeah. And here's this 24 year old guy. Um, he comes in and he completely knocks it out of the park. I think he put five tenths on the quickest lap, um, or on Carlos's quickest lap yeah, yeah. Um, at that point in time, and like completely blown away right. and left everyone else in the distance. Um, to not capitalize off an opportunity like that was really sad. But I think like that lap was like phenomenal. That that's my goat, um, absolute goat for the week. I think, like, dominant performance by Red Bull, but, like, that lap for me sits, like, higher.
1: Yourself? I was looking at the stats for that lap, and um, shout-out to F1 Tempo Going into corner number one, usually what what ends up happening is, like, you know, between number one and two, you know, they kind of tussle. You see some guy leaving a bit of distance, and they come back to the guy, takes a bit of, you know, time here and there through the various sectors. Leclerc established his dominance from the first turn in (laughs) that lap. (laughs) Yeah. Perez did not, I mean, he did not look back. Perez could not catch him. Yeah, we rarely see laps like that. Uh, Reminds me of Sebastian Vettel days. My GOAT, I have to give it to one of the other people I call GOAT. I know I should only find GOAT means one person, Sebastian Vettel, for what he's been able to do for that team that really, arguably at one point in the season, we're arguing if they're even better than Williams. Mm. For him to drive the car, he's the way done. He qualified, I think, seventh really well. Um, and then... It must be his highest of the season. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. And then he does that spin during the race, uh... which just like, I mean, it was amazing to see. I'm sure it's done this before. He's really well-versed in it does that spin, is able to, you know, catch up to the guys he was chasing down, I think it was Gasly at the time, Yeah, catch them down, I don't think he passed Gasly um, at the end of the race, but it was just, he was driving the, a lot of that car, and to see how badly Lance Stroll performed and the other Aston Martin, it showing me that we're slowly starting to see maybe remnants of the old Sebastian Vettel that we felt that we lost, and that is good. I love Sebastian, he's the reason I watch the sport, So that made me really happy. This yeah,
0: weekend. I mean, like, the one thing that we, we're seeing from Ferrari at the moment that is, is scary is if you recall, like the 2019 uh, title fight yes, um, and uh, how Sebastian Vettel was in it for yep. the longest time yep. until he was hit with all the reliability issues <laughs> uh, from Ferrari. From um, it was a lot later in the season then at a very critical time. We're seeing it, it earlier now. Yep. But um, I, I agree. I think like uh, definitely a, a goat for, for the weekend yep. uh, from the weekend. Uh, so, looking forward, right? We've got the Canadian Grand Prix coming up. Yes, a hell of a lot of excitement. I'm
1: very excited. Um, it's been a few years since we last saw it. I remember, yeah. remember the last race of the Sebastian and Hamilton going at it, and Sebastian doing the, the iconic changing, you know, where they parked the car at the end. I think yes. Sebastian, any changes yes. though, yes. Positions give Hamilton you got the two five second. Yeah. You got the five second <laughs> penalty for uh, that.
0: Penalty for yeah. that. Um purely because uh he went off, he the, went off the track then and then re-entered a in an unsafe yeah, 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 in, a, in an unsafe way. But he finished the race ahead of us. Yeah, he did. He was and then he got yeah, then he got the yeah. penalty. Right. Um yeah, uh, and he was, like, really outspoken uh, around that. But I think the Canadian Grand Prix is generally, like, one to look forward yeah, to. Right. Um, like, a hell of a lot of history around the track. Right. Um, they've been, uh, F1's been going to Canada for, for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, more of F1 in um, in North America. Uh, what are your predictions for the Grand Prix? Oh, my
1: goodness, predictions for a new, like, dude, F1's one of the hardest sports to bring predictions in. Because, like, who would have predicted both drivers would be out, right? This yeah, race race. yeah. Um, this is a track that's, you know, high speed, uh, a circuit, Very, not too different than Baku, actually. Um, I'll, if I were to pick a team that t- to do well, I'm going with Red Bull. Gotcha. Uh, I'm going with what I know now, because I don't know what's expected for yeah. Rye. I'm going with Max, uh, doing it. Um, obviously Perez has been close by, but I'll go Max to win the race. If I could actually make a prediction. This is a track that's hard and breaks. Um, Fairly hard on tires as well But more so the brakes Especially long straights And the brakes don't really have A lot of time to recoup So Teams that have historically Had brake issues McLaren I'm interested to see What happens there I think they'll fix the issues But uh, yeah Max is my guy for Canada Um, I don't know if he's won In Canada before
0: do uh, you have stats on that? Whether there's one? Um I don't. I don't think he has won in Canada before. Um, it's interesting to see though, because Red Bull aren't taking any updates, uh, any package updates. I don't think uh, they to do Canada, right? I don't think
1: they need updates for this race. To be honest with you, um, they The out of the track to me. It reminds me of Belkin, right? That long straight going into the penultimate corner. That's that fast chicane. What's it called? What's that wall called? The Schumacher Wall, it was, right where the drivers almost touch the wall before they go into to the star finish line. It's, I can't recall. Okay, um, yeah, it's but I know it's iconic. Villeneuve. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sure. Um, but I think Red Bull are gonna get this one. Um,
0: I think it's a, it's an interesting one. Um, looking at it because like the track is also made up of like a series of like high speed turns um, or high speed corners as well. Um, and uh, like w- when looking at it. Uh, it should suit Ferrari's car, yeah. um, but from a reliability perspective, <laughs> we aren't sure. Um, I want to say Charles is going to take this one. Okay. Um, he's um, French-speaking. Uh, they're in Montreal, a French-speaking state. Okay. Um, I think that, uh, that the circuit will suit Ferrari. Um, but again, like Red Bull's been really dominant, so I think that they will be a factor over the weekend. Um, I think definitely in the top three, yeah. um, Sergio um, and Max. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the race pace um, and if like that, like number one, number two is is very yeah. very clear from that's, the outside. That's an ongoing weekend.
1: story to kind right? of pick up um,
0: on. Um, and um, apparently, Mercedes are bringing some updates. I don't, uh, I don't. To, they have no choice, Canada. man. Like they um, have
1: absolutely no choice.
0: If I also stepping in with Popper saying it may be a longer term, um, a longer term uh, battle, yeah. um, but. Uh, I think rounding out the top six. I hope we can see a Mercedes make an appearance on the podium, but actually an earned, uh, dude, a, yeah, an earned place, right? Yeah. As opposed to this uh, this gifted place. But uh, I'm gonna go with my my head on this one. I'm gonna go Charles Leclerc victory, right. and then Red Bull to round out the top three.
1: Okay, so Science not not really in that picture.
0: No, it's um, <laughs> it, it's Charles versus uh, versus the Red Bulls. I mean, I really
1: hope Science does well. I really want to see him up there, but yeah, I. I historically what we've seen this season i expect him
0: yes yeah, declare to be ahead yeah um but um yeah, i'm i'm excited for the race what are you what are you doing for the race this weekend
1: this week it's a late race man like i'm not a, i'm not a big fan of these night races well here at least in cape town it's yeah. gonna be like at 8 p.m yeah so dude, and i sleep like at night i sleep at like nine o'clock and yeah. so i'll have to stay, i'll stay up for the full thing for sure but uh yeah, I'm just going to watch it probably have a, like a weighted blanket on me and get some rooibos <laughs> cappuccino.
0: Yeah, some rooibos tea, maybe some popcorn. Um. Nah, I don't
1: like popcorn. i uh, <laughs> popcorn guy. <laughs>
0: Um yeah, I, I think I'm I'm gonna watch it as well. Um on Sunday night. May not be able to sleep until like twelve o'clock because I find myself filled with adrenaline on, on After. race weekends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Watching all the interviews and debriefs as well. Yeah, I'll take those um, in the morning, man. But um yeah, I'm excited for the race. Um and uh, I'm excited to catch up post the post the race as well. Yes, yeah, so a lot
1: of stories you we wanna we'll see like you've mentioned the Red Bull saga between the two drivers. I wanna see what Mercedes do regarding porpoising. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, let's see where the rest of the other Teams fall.
0: Yeah, where where the McLarens come. I want to track Vettel this weekend as well. Um, But uh, yeah, excited for uh, for for episode two to next week.
1: Yeah, we'll do episode two next week. I know this is the first episode, so we're still trying to figure out, like you know, everything. Um, But yeah, whoever's been, whoever's listening, shout out to you. Thank you for spending time uh, listening to this podcast. And yeah, we're excited to continue doing more. So
0: awesome. Yep. Cheers.